Hi everyone, Florence Bremer here on the Bonafide Legal Podcast. This is our fifth episode. Thank you everyone who's listened and commented and shared. I really appreciate it. As anyone who's listened already knows, and for people who haven't listened yet, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm an attorney in Phoenix. I'm a lawyer, a mother, a wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, amateur restaurant critic, follower of many television shows. I like to think of myself as a fashionista, and I'm an overall lover of popular culture. How I structure the episodes is I try to give some tips that will help people who are attorneys and business, business people, and um, and then also try to talk about something fun at the end of the show, sometimes doing a restaurant review or a movie review or a book I'm reading, whatever I feel like talking about that might be striking my fancy for this week. I um, am going to change my topic that I was going to talk about for this week. I was originally going to talk about some time management tips, and I changed my mind based on what happened to me this week. So this week I was in New York for a conference. It was a forensic college at Cordoza University. I mentioned it on my last show. I've been talking about it for a few weeks um, because I was so excited about it. I had not been to New York in about 10 years, and the conference um, topic was very uh, interesting to me. I was feeling like I was getting into a little bit of CSI and knew it was stuff that I would be able to do um, in my cases and use in my cases. So I was very, very excited. But I had a very um, unexpected turn of events. So I thought I'd talk about it and maybe turn it into some tips, um, what I did. And especially, I think it's a what not to do, (laughs) because I don't think I handled it as well as I could. When I look back on it, I think I could have handled it a lot better. Um, So what happened was I flew to New York and I flew on American Airlines And I checked my luggage because I had a big suitcase um, with a week's worth of clothes. I was going from Saturday to Thursday. And my Thursday night flight came in so late that really I was coming in on Friday morning. So it was about a week. It was a pretty long trip for me. I don't ever ever generally get away that long. My maximum is about three nights. It has a lot to do with um, the business. It's just too hard to be away for longer than that. But because it was New York and I'm in Phoenix, uh, it there was I, I was gone a lot longer than I, I have been on any other um, any other trip. So what happened to me was I flew in on Saturday and Phoenix has a three, Um, our time delay from New York. So when I got to New York, it was almost midnight. And I'm walking to the baggage carousel. And I'm so anxious to get to where I was lodging. My lodging was actually a little bit different than what I usually do. Usually I'd be staying in a hotel. And um, 
instead, as part of this conference, they had lodging for us available at a dorm. And when I went to college, um, I was married when I was 20. So for most of the time, I lived with my husband and my daughter. And before that, I lived at home and commuted to Loyola. So I never lived in a dorm. I visited my niece at ASU. She was in a dorm. It seemed pretty charming, not the most luxurious conditions, but the dorms at ASU had a very nice setup where you had a roommate and um, it was a Jack and Jill bathroom. And then on the other side of the bathroom, there were two more other residents, your suite mates. So four people who would share this bathroom. The setup for the dorm was that I was staying in was the same thing. So I get to New York, I walk to the baggage carousel, as I'm walking, my Apple Watch dings, and I'll do an episode in the future on an Apple Watch and how much I love it, but um, that's one of the reasons, the alerts that you get right away. So I received an alert on my Apple Watch that said that my luggage was delayed, and my heart immediately dropped. I had never had a flight where my luggage was delayed. So the first thing I did was um, call the phone number and they said, hey, your luggage is still in Phoenix. And I had checked in about two hours early for my flight. So I knew it didn't have anything to do with me. I was there in plenty of time. And I said, why is it still in Phoenix? And the answers were a little bit roundabout, which was, it's still in Phoenix because it's still in Phoenix and it didn't make it to the plane. Um, but we're going to put it on the next flight and it'll come to you at six in the morning. So by then it's midnight and I'm thinking, okay, six in the morning, like I can handle that. Even if it's a couple hours later than that, I can handle that. So I took a taxi to the dorm. The dorm was a little bit of a surprise. Um, it was a little bit more bare bones than I thought. It didn't have the cuteness as my niece's dorm room at ASU. Um, it sort of reminded me of a prison cell from Orange is the New Black. It had that kind of look to it. The furniture had that look to it. The bathroom was very um, sparse. It had just a tiny mirror for your face. And it had a, a small plastic shower um, with a plastic shower curtain. And I walked into the dorm room, and I didn't have anything. All I had was my purse and my laptop bag. And um, I didn't realize they would do this, but they put me in a room with a roommate who had already been there for the day. So this poor girl was sleeping. And... I come into the room and of course she wakes up and I feel terrible. She didn't realize that a person would be coming in because who would think that they're going to put your roommate in with you after midnight at one in the morning. So she was spread out in the room. She figured she didn't have a roommate. By the way, if she's listening to this, hi, Catherine, you saved my life in New York. And I'll talk about Catherine a lot during the rest of this podcast. So I sit down and um, my roommate is, is so nice and I tell her the story about my luggage and she tells me, help yourself to whatever you need. 
and she had, you know, shampoo and all of that. Because this is in a hotel room, so there's no shampoo, there's nothing. They had some sheets in a plastic bag and, and a small towel, so those were available to me. I made up the bed, and I called American, and they said, um, you're, yeah, your bags did not make the next flight, so they won't be there at 6 in the morning. Um, so we'll try to get it on the next flight or the flight after that. It was pretty unspecific. Um, it was sort of an unsatisfying answer of where, why they couldn't tell you what flight it would be on. So what I did was there was New York, the city that never sleeps. So there was a shop across the street, a small market. I'm sure the college kids used it all the time, open 24 hours. So I went and bought a bag of items to get me through what at this point I thought would just be the next few hours. So toothbrush, shampoo, um, eye drops, you know, just real necessities. And I also bought a jar of peanut butter. Um, so I could just scoop out a taste of peanut butter when I was hungry because I wasn't sure what the food situation was going to be like. There was no vending machines at this dorm. And um, if I needed something to eat quickly, uh, I thought, a scoop of peanut butter will uh, be be very good. The peanut butter comes into my story a little bit later. That's why I'm mentioning it. So I go to sleep for a couple of hours. I wake up. Um, Arizona has a three-hour time frame difference. So I um, am up at, let me see, it was probably 7 o'clock. New York time, which put me at four o'clock Arizona time. I'm really tired. I'm really exhausted. But I decide I'm going to check into the conference because I'm there. I need to check in. And then I need to get some things. I don't have a change of clothes. I slept in the clothes that I wore from the morning before to travel. I'm feeling really disgusting and gross at this point. So I did, I took a shower, washed my hair. I had, you know, enough stuff where I could do that, but had to put on the same clothes, which is never a fun thing. So, um, I check into the conference. I stay for about an hour and then I head over and, um, do some shopping because I don't know where my bags are at this point. And it doesn't sound like they're coming anytime soon. I need a change of clothes. I need underwear, that sort of thing. So this is a tip I want to give, um, which is find a place that is sort of one-stop shopping where you can get a variety of things at one store um, and you don't have to go around the whole city. New York has millions of stores. There's any kind of store that you want. But I knew that it didn't make sense for me for a day's worth of clothes to go to, um, you know, Macy's and buy an outfit and then go somewhere else and buy a hairdryer. Again, I'm in a door room, so I didn't even have things like a hairdryer. So I went to Burlington Coat Factory. That was actually the closest thing to the university and bought two giant bags of things when you don't have anything you it's hard to realize how much you need to replace to be able to get you through the day so I needed to buy new underwear this is embarrassing but yes I needed underwear for the day and I needed an outfit I needed clean clothes 
I needed a nightshirt for the night because I didn't know when my clothes were coming. I needed some hair tools um, to make my hair look presentable. I needed some cosmetic items. Um, there is a, a ton of stuff that I bought. Oh, I, I needed readers so that I could um, see my computer screen and the reading materials that I had. Uh, just a bunch of things. I probably spent about $160. I also went to CVS, bought some more toiletries. So I go back, I leave everything at the um, dorm room, and then I, the day was a, a bust for me. Uh, you know, I, I felt like I could not go back into the conference and um, and sit down and try to learn <laughs> after how upset I was. So I spent the day um, walking around and just getting familiar with the area. So the next day, um, they had sent me a text that said, your items will arrive by 3 a.m. and they'll be delivered to you. So I go to sleep that night and I um, set my alarm for about 2.30 or 2 a.m. because I think, well, what if they come a little bit earlier? Again, it's not a hotel, so there's really no one to leave it with. There's a security person, but I don't know if they're going to take the items. They don't really have a way to call me at the front desk, but I did have my cell phone and the delivery service would have it. So 2 a.m. comes, 3 a.m. comes, it's 3.30. I think I better call and check on the status. And I call and they say, nope, it's not coming tonight. It won't be delivered tonight because you are in a residence. And I said, I'm not in a residence. I'm in a dorm room where I'm staying during this conference. And the person at American says, well, that's a residence. And it's not getting delivered tonight, even though I had the email that said it was. And I said, hey, what about this email? She says, it's computer generated, sort of uh, told me it was silly to rely on such an email. Um, and it would get to me um, when they assigned a driver. So the next morning, I, I get up, my hair looks terrible. I don't have my regular styling tools. I don't have my regular makeup. I just looked like garbage. I felt like garbage. So I went to, this is a tip I'll give everyone. <laughs> well, for the ladies, mostly. I went to Dry Bar. I found a dry bar that was around the corner from where I was. I was staying in Greenwich Village, basically, and went to Dry Bar, had a shampoo, a blowout, it was great. I felt like a person again. Um, and the I knew that the blowout would last me, you know, two days. So I wouldn't need to wash my hair the next morning. So I'm waiting. Finally, I have to miss my conference in the morning because I don't know when the luggage is going to appear. I know it's getting delivered that morning sometime before noon was the latest update that I got. So around 11, I get a call. There's a man downstairs with my suitcase. I was so excited. Um, I went and got it. He was a great delivery driver, as sweet as could be. Um, I guess this is a tip that I didn't know until this last few days, but when your luggage is delayed and it is delivered, it's delivered by a delivery company that the airline contracts with. And 
the delivery company was great. They sent me emails. They gave me the driver's name, a picture of his vehicle, and a picture of him. And it just made you feel good because you knew who was coming. And um, if someone was at the front desk calling you, you knew that they were there for you. So I got my luggage. And then by then, it's the lunch hour at my conference. And it's a, like I said, it just became a bust for me. So I spent the last half of the day exploring um, New York. I went to the Natural History Museum. I recommend it highly. You do feel like you're in the movie Night at the Museum. The dinosaur exhibits are amazing. The Great Hall is amazing. I was so surprised that um, the bones for uh, Lucy are there. I read about Lucy when I was in college in my archaeology class. And I had a professor, I don't remember her name, but she looked like Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Uh, she had a big, thick braid that went down her back, and she was very pretty. And I always thought of her as Laura Croft, and she had this amazing life where she went on these archaeology digs. But she had us read Lucy for one of our um, required reading materials. And the bones of Lucy, I think, are estimated to be about three and a half million um, years old. And when I was walking through the museum, I saw the back of Lucy's skull in this case. And I thought it can't be it can't be Lucy. And it was and I was very excited. Another thing that's really cool about the Natural History Museum is that Neil deGrasse Tyson works there. And my husband is a giant fan of, of his and I am too. Um, I read his book, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Um, I don't know how much I absorbed. I tried really hard. Um, Dr. Tyson is so smart. Sometimes he's interviewed on Adam Carolla's podcast, and he always has very interesting things to say. And I always feel like I'm learning so much. So that's his university. And um, or not his university, sorry, that's his museum, um, where he's on staff there. So the other interesting thing about the Museum of Natural History is you pay what you want. So I really wanted to test it. And I went up to the counter and I said, I'd like to pay $5. And I said, are you going to judge me for paying $5? And the, the guy just laughed. And then I asked, um, do you know Neil deGrasse Tyson? And he said, well, I saw him sometime in the elevator and I saw him once on the subway, and I said, is he here now? And um, the kid said, oh, you have to make an appointment to see him. And I was like, wow, you can make an appointment? <laughs> I didn't inquire into it any further, but I thought that was neat. And I just ran through the museum kind of quickly um, because I knew that I I didn't have a whole lot of time and, um, and, and just sort of went through it quickly. I didn't take any pictures. Um, they had a little cafe. I had lunch there. They were super friendly. It's a great museum. I recommend it. And when I got done, because I was in the area of Central Park, I went over to the Met and um, ran through the Met really quickly. That wasn't a pay what you want, but it was still reasonable. I think it was $25 for seeing the great works of art and they had 
a display um, that was sponsored by Anna Winter, the editor of Vogue, and there were many dresses based on religion and Catholicism, and it was gorgeous. They have a huge Egyptian art section. That was great. Uh, they have Greek, um, ancient Greek section where it has pieces of, um, it has some complete statues, but then some that were pieces that were recovered, like half a head. And it was just amazing to see what they were able to find from Greece and bring um, to the Met. Um, this will probably be one of my many Devil Wears Prada references, but when I was at the Met, I kept remembering in the movie when Andrea attends that gala at the Met with her boss, played by Meryl Streep, and um, at when Andrea's leaving the Met, she runs down the stairs, and she's wearing a black gown, and she looks gorgeous, and um, I just remembered that and felt great about it, and then there was, uh, every time I went into a gallery, I thought, oh, this might be where uh, the uh, Met Gala was at, the actual real Met Gala, or in the book where uh, Meryl Streep's character has her parties, um, she would have them at the Met. Um, and then they had stuff, because the Met Gala happened a couple months ago, they had a recent um, book in the gift shop where you could see the dresses that everybody wore, and there was a religious theme from last uh, the last gala, so a lot of the dresses had big crosses on them um, and headpieces that sort of looked like what the Pope would wear if the Pope was very, very fancy, and it just was gorgeous. Um, another tip, I'm sort of combining my tips for losing your luggage with tips for New York. Something that I'll recommend, and I think I'll recommend it for any city, is doing shared Lyft or shared Uber. I wasn't sure about it because I thought I might be driving all over the world to get to where I'm going with pickups and drop-offs. I found out pretty quickly that most of the time um, you when you have a shared lift you don't drive with anyone else there's no other person on that ride I think it depends on the length of the ride um, a lot of times I was just going one or two miles which in New York because of the traffic you might be in the lift for 15 minutes um, but a lot of times no one else joined me. And it was always fine when someone joined me. I mean, who cares if there's another person in the car? I would try to make conversation, uh, but usually didn't get much more than a hi. A few people who were in the car with me, I would say, hello to, and how are you? And they would say nothing. They would not respond or look up from their phone. So that was a little odd, but I thought it just a... Uh, uh, a, a little funny story that I could tell about uh, some New Yorkers. In general, I found New Yorkers to be very friendly, and the staff at restaurants and the hotel where I eventually ended up were so friendly. They weren't standoffish like the couple of um, riding partners that I had. So that was, I finally have my luggage at this point. And um, 
my um, roommate for the week and I decided to uh, go out to dinner and go to Times Square. So we went to Times Square and then we headed to dinner. We found a restaurant that served regular Italian food and had a vegan Italian menu. It was called John's on 12th Street. And what fun, because if I can eat vegan, I like to eat vegan. And uh, I had these delicious ravioli that were stuffed with spinach and tomatoes and tofu and recommended by the waiter. And it was a great recommendation. When we got back to the dorm room, I had, here's where my peanut butter reference comes into play. When we got back to the dorm room, I had a paper bag that had the sealed peanut butter in it. And it had the fork that I had been eating the peanut butter off of. It was a plastic fork that I would rinse off after I ate the peanut butter. And the paper bag had a hole in it and it was shredded like a a mouse had been in there. Um, And we just looked at it and felt so squeamish. Um, And we kept thinking, we kept trying to justify it with another, this is Catherine and I, trying to justify it with another reason why there would be a hole in this bag, this shredded bag. And I, and we're saying maybe the bag was wet and it shredded. And of course, none of that makes sense. So I took the fork and I threw it away and I put the peanut butter in the fridge and we just started, we started kicking the furnishings, shaking the sheets, um, lifting up our bags, just seeing if anything ran out and nothing ran out. We went and told the staff of the dorm and their response basically was, these things happen in New York. It's an old building and sometimes there's mice. Um, we'll tell maintenance and they'll set some traps. Uh, so finally, finally, we fall asleep. And uh, the next morning I wake up and I decide I'm done. I can't do the dorm anymore. I was exhausted after the two nights of having my um, waiting for my luggage and not having luggage and needing to shop for new items. And I had kept my poor roommate up for two nights with being on the phone with American and having alarms set to get up and check if my luggage was there. So I went and stayed at a hotel. I found a hotel. This is another travel tip, but I used the app called Hotel Tonight, and it was pretty good. There was a big conference in New York. I can't remember for what. I ended up looking it up because it was outrageous, the price for hotels. I mean, seven and $800 for places that I usually stayed at. Um, so on Hotels Tonight, they had a pretty good rate at what was called the Flatiron Hotel. And I booked a room and I stayed there for the last two nights that I was there. So to talk about the um, baggage situation, I want to give some tips on tips on what to do and then tell you how I failed. Um, so it's really a lesson in don't do what I actually did when my luggage was delayed. So one of the tips that they give you for when your luggage is lost is try not to panic. I panicked big time. I was so upset. I, I knew it was interfering with my conference. There were a lot of things going on where 
it wasn't a normal trip for me. So the delayed luggage was more of an inconvenience than it may have usually been. I was there for a conference, number one. So I had business type clothes and shoes in this bag. So that was one thing. And also I wasn't staying in a hotel or I wasn't staying with family members. And it also happened as I was traveling, not coming home. If I was coming home, not a big deal. I would have had everything at home. And if my luggage took a couple days to get to me, it wouldn't have been a big deal. So I did. I panicked big time. I called my husband. I, I cried a little bit. I feel so whiny and embarrassed to talk about it. But I was just so exhausted um, that it really got to me those first couple of days. I also was very frustrated by the staff um, at American Airlines. There was one person that I talked to that was very comforting and nice. I think I really just wanted to be heard and felt um, like somebody was listening to my problem and sympathizing with me. And I think there was one or two people that I talked to that were really nice. The other people were a little condescending. I felt like they were like, why is this such a big deal? That's, you know, you're, you're stupid to think that your luggage should be with you rather still in Phoenix. It was, um, it, it was tough to deal with. It was very disappointing from a customer service standpoint. Um, uh, one thing, um, that you can do is you can request reimbursement for expenses you have a couple of options on that. This is something where I don't have the answer on how well this works yet. So the airline um, has a system where you can send in your expenses. And also a lot of times if you've purchased your plane ticket with a credit card, your credit card may have insurance for delayed luggage. And my credit card is actually an American Airlines credit card. Um, so I submitted it through the credit card. Um, and so I kept my receipts. Um, it ended up being more expensive than you realize when you have to replace all your toiletries in New York City, of all places. Um, and then trying to come up with an outfit or two for a couple of days. So I've submitted everything and I don't know what the reimbursement timeline is or if they'll actually reimburse me for everything or put a cap on it. I'm just not sure. Um, as I get more details, I'll follow up in the podcast and let everyone know how well that worked. Another thing um, that people have said to do if you're... Um, luggage is delayed is to um, have with you your toiletries and a change of clothes for at least one night to be able to get through if your luggage is delayed or lost. I don't know about everybody else. This seems so impractical to me. If I'm checking luggage, it's because I don't want to lug it all through the airport and I'm on a longer trip. So to have to carry everything and check the bag, it just seems sort of counterintuitive. I don't know how to deal with that in the future. I think if 
one tip I would give to people is make sure you have your prescriptions on you because that's something that wouldn't be able to be replaced. Thank goodness I don't have any prescriptions, so that wasn't um, a problem for me. But the problem that I had was with my contact lenses. So I had my contact lenses and I had spare con I in my eyes, you know, and then I had spare contact lenses and my glasses, I had those in my checked bag. Luckily, nothing happened to my contacts that I had with me until I got my luggage. Um, I don't know what I would have done if a contact would have ripped or if I would have lost one. I didn't have any more contacts. I didn't have spare glasses. So luckily, that wasn't a problem. That may be something that I might change my mind about to have my glasses with me um, in case that happens. So I do, so I'm able to see. I wouldn't be able to see without my contacts or glasses. Some things that they, um, I found an article on how to um, manage if your luggage is lost or delayed. One thing they say is put your name and phone number on the outside and inside of your bag. I had that done. That didn't help me from my luggage getting delayed. It still was delayed. Another one is it says that the most common causes of lost and delayed bags are late check-ins and tight connections. I didn't have that. In my case, I checked in super early. So I still don't have an answer of why my suitcase didn't get on my plane. Um, one thing they say is pack your valuables in your carry-on bags, like cameras, computers, medications, wallets, heirlooms, jewelry, passports, and essential travel documents. This is, most of this I did have on me. Um, of course, I'm going to have my phone on me. No one's going to check their phone, I don't think. Um, my computer and my tablet I use on the plane. So those were coming with me. If I would have had medication, I would have had that physically on me. Um, wallets and money, credit cards, all of that I actually had with me in my travel purse. So that wasn't a problem. I actually put, for the first time ever, I put an alternate ID in an alternate credit card and a little bit of cash in my check-on. Um, my check-in bag, because I figured, well, if for some reason my purse got lost in New York, I had a little bit of backup, but it was actually the opposite that happened. It was fine with my purse, and I didn't have my bag with the other items um, until a day and a half. My jewelry, I never check. I just wear, I wear my jewelry, and that's the only jewelry I bring with. And my passports and essential travel documents, those are always with me. I would never check it. Um, I don't know how anyone else feels about this, but the tip to pack a change of clothes in your carry-on bag, my carry-on items are so heavy because I have my laptop, my tablet, headphones, uh, different chargers, and then just like my regular purse items. To throw in clothes and toiletries, it just doesn't seem very 
logical. I'm going to rethink it um, based on this last trip. But it, like I said before, I think it defeats the purpose of having a, a carry-on bag. All right. Another tip is the insurance. Um, check your credit cards and buy um, your plane tickets on a credit card that does offer that type of insurance. A travel credit card, it appears to me, most always has those types of insurance. Like I said, I don't know how it works yet. I don't know what the reimbursement is like. I don't know if they're going to give me a hard time or have me submit more documents. I don't really have anything more to submit, but who knows? Like, I don't know what their response is yet. Um, I've submitted everything that was on their checklist of what to submit. It was a little annoying. They wanted you to just submit proof of purchase of your airline ticket. And I thought, you darn well knew I was on this plane ride. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it was a little frustrating putting it together. Um, so those are my tips for what to do when you lose your luggage. Um, another tip is to, and, and like I said, I, I did not, I was not great about this because I was very upset. But my last tip will be roll with it as much as you can. I realized pretty quickly my conference was going to be a bust. There was no way I could concentrate on the conference. I had a lot of things I had to deal with in terms of just being able to be clean and have toiletries and have a change of clothes. So it took me away from the conference quite a bit. Um, so I just tried to take it in stride and then also tried to have some fun. I did some great things in New York. Going to the museums was an amazing experience. I had never been to either the Natural History Museum or the Met. They're great. I recommend them highly. Um, I also went to the World Trade Center. I'm going to segue this into uh, my into just some fun travel ideas for when you're in New York. When um, I was there uh, one afternoon, I went to the World Trade Center, the new one, and the memorial where the um, buildings were that went down on September 11th. It was a life, a once in a lifetime experience. I felt, I felt so privileged to be there. It made me think about that day and how um, it changed everything for America. I thought about all those poor people who passed away that day. And you have to, if you can, go see the new World Trade Center. It made me feel like, wow, look at how resilient people are. Look how resilient New Yorkers are. Um, out of the rubble and the sadness of all the people who died is this building that is a marvel. It is amazing. It's beautiful. It has this beautiful lobby. It doesn't look like the Twin Towers. It's all glass, so it's much different looking. But there's something about it that just gives you the feel of it. I can't really explain it. And they're building a second tower next to it. So 
there will be twin towers again one day. Where the previous towers used to be is a memorial, and I've read about it, but to experience it was amazing. Uh, so in the footprints of where the two towers are, they didn't build the, the new tower where the old towers are, but where the old towers were, they created the memorial from that. So the footprint of each tower has been turned into a giant fountain. I don't know if it's correct to call it an infinity pool, but it has a fountain that just uh, goes down uh, into like a hole, like the fountain is a hole, and the water just pours like waterfalls. And all around the perimeter of the two fountains, they, I've heard a lot of people refer to them as pools, is the names of everybody who was killed that day. I'm even getting a little choked up talking about it. Um, and their names are in this uh, large piece of steel that goes all around the pools. And if it's their birthday, um, someone comes and puts a flower into their name. And it was so touching to see some of the flowers on the names and just remember that these people were, are remembered and they have families who love them and of the sacrifice they gave that day. <sighs> um, I also went to the top of the Empire State Building and I've been up there before, but this time it was pretty windy and just made me a little queasy. Um, I'm not I don't really have a problem with heights so much, but the wind was a little disconcerting. And the other thing that was really bothering me is that where you can, because you can reach out, you can put your hands or arms over the side of the building because it's a, you know, you have cement about waist high. And then there's this gate that kind of crisscrosses, but your arm could easily fit through it. And so what lots of people were doing was taking their cell phones, their cameras, their selfie sticks, and putting it through the gate so it hung over the side of the building so they could get pictures. And all I kept thinking was, these are going to blow off out of their hands or blow off these sticks and hit somebody on the head. <laughs> and I'm like, please don't let that happen. It must not happen because there was no warning signs and no one else seemed concerned about it. But for some reason, it was just really throwing me off. Beautiful views at the top of the Empire State Building. Beautiful views at the top of the um, World Trade Center. Uh, it, it was a great experience. And after, you know, kind of going through that with the luggage, which I know in the big scheme of things, it's like, oh my gosh, first world problems. I had a credit card, I could go replace everything. It just wasn't that bad. <laughs> it did throw off my schedule for the conference, but it was a surviving moment. Um, I wasn't going to die because of this. Um, but after just sort of being upset about that and dealing with the airlines, though having those experiences at the museums and, and the sites, really were wonderful. The one thing I didn't get to do, I didn't get to go to a Broadway show. Any other time that I've been in New York, I actually was able to attend a show. 
and they have the booth where you can buy the half price tickets. So that's a tip that I give to everybody. I think it's called tickets, but it's like T X K S or something or T K T S. Um, and it's in Times Square and you just go the evening of the show or the morning if you're going to a matinee and you can get tickets to many shows half price. So that's another travel tip for New York I'll give you. And everybody don't forget the shared lift. It was uh, it saved me a ton of money, it saved me about 50% off of every ride and didn't really um, give me any more. Um, it didn't prevent me from being where I needed to be when I needed to be there. The other thing too, because a lot of times um, I was going after the conference and um, didn't have to, I wasn't really in a hurry. I sort of used the shared lift almost like a tour bus because if they had to go and pick someone else, you get, you're on a zigzag on a route that you might not necessarily have gone on otherwise. And you see some shops and some restaurants that you didn't know about. So I also felt like it was a way for me to get a free tour of the city. All right. So those are my tips for today for how not to deal with lost luggage. Don't do what I did. <laughs> um, and then also some tips for what to visit when you're in New York. Thank you so much for listening. If anyone has some tips that they would like to share with me regarding um, fun things that they've done in New York, fun travel tips, and then also any tips that you have on dealing with lost luggage or travel delays, I'd love to hear them. Um, and then in an episode down the road, I'll share what I hear from other people. My email is florence at brummerlaw.com. You can also reach me on Instagram at Florence Legally Brunette, Twitter at Florence Law, and you can also send me messages on SoundCloud and Facebook as well. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to everyone next week. Bye-bye.